people pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. Turn it off. When are you coming home? Sam, listen to me. Don't be scared, all right? That emergency escape plan that we've been practicing. I need you to get out of that house. Everything is going to be fine. Sam is okay. We are okay. Hi, Jack. Where's the boy? What boy? I don't need a kid, a dog, okay? You're gonna be okay, I promise. Are they gonna get away with killing my family? They're professional killers. I'm gonna come for anyone who tries to screw Jack. If they find you with me, they're sure to kill you. Gypsy, you took the kid. Who are you hiding from? Batman. <laughs> you serious? You're using that kid. I know you because I'm the guy that pulled you up from the gutter. I got a chance to change my life. I can't let anything, including a kid, get in the way of that. Be strong. Don't quit. Well, a bowl you can't. Not today. That boy's mine, Gypsy! Who killed us both? Gypsy! Hey folks, welcome to a special episode of The Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. On this episode, I'm talking with Gigi Gaston, who is the director of Nine Bullets. It's a brand new movie that's out starring Lena Headley. Film also stars Sam Worthington and Barbara Hershey. Had a great time talking with Gigi. We started off the conversation talking about how difficult it is to find one pair of glasses that works. So a lot of times... She and my wife, they've been doing the doubled up glasses thing. I think it's a new market that we can tap into. How did you become a filmmaker? I actually became a filmmaker through a crazy way. I started a hundred years ago now that I'm remembering. I was hired to do an EPK for Sophie B. Hawkins, if you remember her. And then that EPK turned into a documentary. Like I just remember meeting her and going, you know, someone should do a documentary about you. You're so fascinating what you've gone through. So cut to, I started a documentary on her that um, showed all over the world and did so much for people because it was actually about sexual abuse that even she didn't know about that was all layered in her lyrics. But here's where the filmmaker comes in. So I'm working with this DP and he sucked. I'm just going to see it. He wouldn't go tight on her. He wouldn't go down and all this kind of cool stuff. And so I just kept bitching to her. And she goes, you know what, Gigi? And she hardly knew me. And I hardly knew her. I'm going to tell you what. Next Saturday is my next concert. You better go learn how to shoot a camera because no one's allowed on stage but you. I'm like, uh, Sophie, I don't even know how to shoot a Polaroid. She goes, well, you have five days, whatever it was. 
I rented this camera, which funny enough, Sidney Pollack saw my documentary, you know, the great Sidney Pollack asked me to meet with him and actually asked about my camera. And I go, Sydney, it was this cheap thing called a gizmo that I rented. <laughs> but he was like, oh, I just love the DP work. Who is your DP? Well, I did 90% of it. That's what really put me as a filmmaker. I know you'd say DP. No, because it taught me visually what's important, emotionally what's important, because I was doing both. So I really owe it to Sophie because before Sophie, I was just a writer. And then from that, I went on and did, you know, a bunch of music videos. And I got to direct Olivia Newton-John, which was amazing. I mean, I just loved her on, on her video. I honestly love you. And that kind of looked cinematic. And I kept thinking, God, that should be a love story, what I directed, you know. And so that's how it became. And then, of course, I'm a writer. And I don't even know what made me say I really have to direct this movie. Because I'm sure whoever I said it to probably thought I was nuts. One thing goes in the other. I think we're all storytellers, every human on earth. And I think that is what a, a filmmaker is, is a storyteller. So was your first feature, was that Rip It Off? Yes. And that had problems too. And it was so much fun. And I, I mean, I loved working with, you know, Tucker Tooley, who went on to run Relativity. He was amazing. And Nastasia Kinski was amazing. Allison Hannigan. Oh my God. Jennifer Esposito. Todd Field was great. You know, I had really great moments on that movie and, you know, everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. And I think that makes you a better person. Same with this one. A lot of stuff went wrong. I think that makes you a better person. And um, I appreciate every mistake that happens, you know, and that's what, like, remember when the, they won for CODA this year and they said, oh, the first day a storm came in, we lost the whole first day. You know, I so relate to that. But look at what a great movie it was. You know, it just touched my heart so much. Rip it off. God, I can't, I can't, I haven't even thought of that in a hundred years, <laughs> but it was really fun. So you were both writer and director for Nine Bullets. So where did the idea come from? When I was a little kid, my mom had a very eclectic uh, life of different people that would come to her house at parties. And I was the little eight-year-old that loved grownups and didn't love people my own age. Like I was fascinated by grownups. And so Gypsy Rose Lee, and look, I even found a picture on my break. That is the real Gypsy Rose Lee. And that's me. Wow. And that's Imogene Coca. Sitting on Gypsy Rose Lee's lap at this party, she before Bette Davis had been there, and they were sitting there together, like the Betty Davis, and they were sitting there together, and she's talking about how men only see this, but you don't understand that, Gigi, but what you have to realize is you must develop this. This is what will get you through life. So I never forgot it. Just it came out of that, you know, like I wanted to explore a woman who had lived off of this, of course. My gypsy isn't the same trajectory as Gypsy Rose Lee. I built in this in in very interesting backstory of her, you know, where she did get accepted to a huge college. Something bad happened. She lost that. Father put her down for it, had to go and be a bartender. Bartender turned into stripping. You know, now she's finally getting a book deal, something that uses this. She can get out of stripping. And, and that thought really interests me. And then with my own son, who I don't get to see as much because of the separation and he lives in a whole different state, I wanted to say how much that that little kid had done for me at the age of 10, 
you know, so that's how the little boy came into it because I really felt like who could open the tough heart of a Gypsy Rose Lee type. The only way she's anything like Gypsy Rose Lee is from the idea of this to this. Do you know what I mean? Like Lena created her own amazing character based on what I wrote and brought so many more elements into it as, as I'm sure you saw in her performance. I mean, her performance is just every day she blew me away, you know, and I'm just so lucky to have gotten a chance to work with her, you know, and it just went with that. Like, and the fact that Lena makes the right choice, you know, she doesn't want this fucking kid. That's the last thing she wants. It's going to stop her from her second chance, but she does the right thing. And that's the thing in life. It's our choices. She does the right thing. And what is her second chance? The love of this kid. And it doesn't matter how old you are, where you are in your career, because technically I could have cast a 30-year-old or a 20-year-old. It wouldn't have mattered. She would have 10. Oh, her book fails. She'll go back to burlesque. But Lena's character can't. Now, you and I know Lena Headey looks freaking amazing for her age, you know, which is young. I think she's 45 or something. But still, you know, a woman approaching 50. You know, you're told you can't show your body. You're looking, you know, you're falling apart. You're an old car, blah, blah, blah. So that also is a good part of it, too, by picking her. Because women now, I want women out there to go, hey, I'm 60. I'm going to the gym. I'm 70. I'm going to the gym. I'm going to look hot for my husband or my wife, you know, whatever it is. And I'm going to show everyone I can look hot, too. I don't have to be 20. So, you know, just so many, so many things were swarming around in my brain it's the only place I'm not controlling is writing and creating, you know, on set, even though you are, you know, you kind of are sort of the coach, the head coach of the football team, but there's too many elements that you have to work with and adjust to. And I love that. I love the element of the sea, the current nature. We can't control nature. We have to adapt to it. So, you know, the rest of my life, I'm very controlling. I go to the gym, I make my breakfast I make my coffee, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so uh, I'm so grateful to art to let me feel free and at one with something bigger than me, actors way bigger than me. It could be one actor with one line that brings something different to that line that I never saw. No one ever saw, but it's like, I'm like this to them. It happens so much. And I'm not saying it's not on the page. It's what they took on the page and made it bigger and made it better you know, I just am so grateful to them. Even like that little Dean, I mean, he was green. He got Transformers after this. Now they've signed him to four more based on our little movie. And he he was so wanting to do it. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Come on, G, let's do this. You know, come on, Lena. And he just was so cute, his little energy. And sometimes I would, uh, in the beginning, you know, I ha- I'm I'm kind of, I have some, and one or two good ideas once in a blue moon. But in the beginning, you know, he would start and I would look at Talina. I go, I'm going to pretend this is a rehearsal, but I'm really shooting it. Until he got his feet. And so we'd shoot it and I'd go, okay, that's perfect. And he goes, okay. And I go, oh, and that's scene. He goes, well, 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 aren't you going to shoot it? I go, I just shot your rehearsal. <laughs> then he caught on. And then he didn't need that. You know what I mean? Because when you have a green kid, they try so hard. And all he had to do was be him be the character, you know, and he's just amazing kid. I love him. I was catching a little Gloria vibe to it as well. You know, that's what someone said. And I hadn't seen Gloria. And then I went back and looked at it. I mean, and then I realized, gee, I think I did see Gloria, the Gina Rollins one a hundred times. And so 
you know, that must have been ruminating in my head, too, because that was such an amazing movie. Now, now, Gina Rollins was much tougher on that kid. Whoa, shut the fuck up. You know, she's like telling me, like, so tough there. You don't have anyone, kid. You have nothing like, whoa, <laughs> because some of the um, producers were worried. Uh, Lena was a little too tough. And I didn't know why, because I'd actually seen, you know, when you're told, oh, she should be coddling him. And I kept going, no, there's no character arc. You know, he has to earn that. You know, then I went and I started doing researching on movies. You know, I typed it, boy, an older woman, you know, and I I start. And then so I would go, look, Gloria is totally tough. I would shoot it off screen. I think Lena's just right. I think it's written right, you know. I mean, this was after it was shot and done. And you know what I mean? And you, you couldn't change it anyway. And I thought, I think Lena like str- did her performance. Like she's effortless. She structures her, for her performance effortlessly. You know, she's just, she's just amazing. That woman um, totally blew me away every time. I'm very curious how the pandemic affected the film, if at all. I'm going to speak for myself. I think the pandemic saved me from getting COVID because I was focused you know, we started shooting like the third or fourth day of the big pandemic thing. And it was like, we were totally on, un- everyone was unknown. Like we didn't know what the hell was going on, you know, four masks, <laughs> 10 glasses, you know, I mean, we were just like, and you know, Sam and Lena did their love scene. Totally fine. No, like I'm not getting near, I'm not getting, it was just amazing. Everyone was into making the movie making a better picture. You know, you take this pen and what will this pen be at the end with all these creative people all over it? We just kept focusing on this and we had really tough days, 210 shots in 19 days, hell of a shoot. I think we, we just, we, all we did was focus. So the pandemic, we've, I'd listen to it driving home going, oh my God, oh Lee, I can't go to the market, you know, but then I'd go, what the fuck? I'm like on set with however many people, like, I can't get into this headspace. I have to focus on what I'm doing. Just focus. And I think it was that way for everyone. Like Lena was just so brave about it. You know, she was just fearless. Everyone seemed to be fearless. So you join that fearlessness. Ms. Gaston, thank you so much for your time. It was such a pleasure talking with you. Well, thank you, Mr. White. And tell your uh, wife to make those glasses because I'll be the first in line.
so disappointed to see what I did.